What's up, guys? I am here with Jim McNellis. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Doing fantastic. So Jim is the creator of Avastars, a company that we are working with on Grow Your Base. And it's a fantastic innovation that I really wanted to highlight here on the channel. And what I wanted to just ask first, Jim, for the listeners and the viewers, is just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you were doing leading up to Avastars. Sure. Yeah. So in 2007, uh, I actually was one of the first uh, people to start a Google Apps reseller business. And today that's called G Suite, but at the time it was called Google Apps. Um, and we were one of the first 30 partners to join their pilot program. Um, and it was an amazing opportunity because it was a brand new technology um, for businesses to use Gmail for their business. This was a new concept at the time. And I really felt like it was powerful for, for businesses of all sizes. And because I was an avid Gmail user myself. And so I really wanted to, I really grasped onto that and wanted to help businesses go Google. And that's what they called it for a long time. Um, and we did really well. Um, we ended up, my company ended up helping the city of Los Angeles go Google. We helped Netflix go Google. We helped Kaplan go Google. Uh, we helped many other projects along the way. Uh, we were actually, I was a direct contractor of Google's for four out of the seven years that I was running my company. I actually went and worked directly on projects and things that city of LA deployment. I lived there for six months and trained users. So I, I ran my business, but I was very hands-on um, CEO and always kind of down in the trenches with my employees and everything else. Um, after seven years, um, I, uh, I exited that business. Um, it's in really good hands in my, my family's hands now still, uh, kicking and running today. Um, <clears throat> I took a few years off and eventually found uh, the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I went on the Appalachian Trail. I had intentions to finish the whole thing as everybody does when they set out on it. And I knew I was going to. Um, but I did get pretty bored by mile 750. Uh, I made it from Georgia up to about middle of Virginia. And probably no coincidence that I'm from Virginia originally and I was really close to my family and friends and it felt like a good ending point for me. So I got off the trail and went home and hung out with my family and friends for a while. Um, but while I was on the Appalachian Trail, uh, I remember one day I was just walking down the trail because that's what you do all day. And uh, one of the fellow hikers, through hikers came up and we were talking about technology. A lot of people on the trail are like, you know, into technology or just came out of college and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and this guy mentioned that he was actually making money while he was walking down the trail. And how, how are you doing that, man? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't have to, you know, like, how are you doing that? Um, so he mentioned Bitcoin and that he was mining Bitcoin. And I had known about Bitcoin all along and I thought it was this huge freaking scam like everybody else like back in 2011 or 12 I mean I was in I was in living in San Francisco that whole time while I was running Dido so I, I knew about every bit of technology that was coming out here in this, this bubble where just like all the technology is happening in San Francisco in the Bay Area and uh but he said that and I you know we're it's 2017 and it's years later and I'm like wait a second like that's still around. This guy's making money doing that. That's pretty cool. And I remember on my phone that day, I signed up for a Gemini account. I already had a Coinbase one. And for some reason, like I set up a Gemini account. And I know that because like six months later, I went back to set up a Gemini account and I noticed that I had set it up in like May of 2017 or something. So I had to have been on the trail. It might've been April of 2017. So anyways, uh, got off the trail shortly thereafter and I couldn't get it out of my mind. Um, and I built some mining rigs and in november i was up and running mining ethereum you know on like 30 gpus and a few days later CryptoKitties launched and uh ever since then i have just 
not been able to take my mind off the non-fungible tokens. That's awesome. After mile 750, I like how you very humbly said that. Like, yeah, after 750 in, I, I got kind of bored. <laughs> it's only a third of the way though, man. So a through hiker, that's like a huge failure. But I was satisfied. I, By the way, I thought I was done forever. And when I got off the trail, I thought I would never go back. I had walked every mile on a trail I'd ever needed to walk. But I think about it every single day. So yeah. I'll be back one day and I'll try to do the whole thing again. Yeah, that's impressive. It's impressive. I've, I've always had respect for the Appalachian Trail because it's just so massive. And yeah. so to our next point here, what um, what is Avastars? Like you found out about CryptoKitties, your cat ran away and it was kind of like this beautiful story of how you wanted to get a CryptoKitty, not to replace your cat, but to like remember commemorate yeah, <laughs> yeah. remember her by remember right? her by it was really you know she, that she had run away was my excuse to spend at the time like all of the cryptocurrency i had earned mining you know on a picture of a digital cat so i was like well you know she's gone so i'm like replacing my cat and i'm like this is actually a lot easier than having a cat because i love my cat but she is a pain in the ass you know, she's annoying she knows it too She's really good at getting her way. Let's just say that. Anyway, she did come back two weeks later. You're right. Uh, that's why I bought a cat is because my cat ran away. And I lived in the Truckee at the time, which is just north of Lake Tahoe. It's, there was feet of snow on the ground and there were snowstorms. This is, you know, early December. So I was pretty sure she was a goner. She would normally, she spent a lot of time outside, but two weeks, you know, just felt like she was done. She did come back two weeks later, um, as it so happens, as all my friends told me she would, and I was like, no, she's dead. So yeah, um, I did. I bought a CryptoKitty, and and that was what really introduced me into non-fungible tokens. And I, I got really involved in the community there. Um, I ended up being a moderator, and still am a moderator on their Discord server um, after a few months you know, active in there. Um, and uh, really dove really deep, found a really great community in the CryptoKitties community. I'm friends with many people that I met two years ago playing this game still today. Um, we're all, a lot of us are actually building stuff for NFTs and for the metaverse now. It's, it's really an amazing thing. But that's where the conversation started um, in the CryptoKitties server about what an NFT is, right? And when I, when I bought my first CryptoKitty, it was cats on the blockchain. So I, made, I had a huge assumption. And that is, is that my cats, the, the images were actually stored on the blockchain. I just thought that's what it was. I didn't understand. Um, I thought that an NFT was, everything was on the blockchain and that was the cool thing about it, right? Cause we're talking about like the power of a digital asset. And I come from gaming. I, I still play video games way more than I should. I play Dota 2 almost every night. I haven't for the last couple months, but I, I do play Dota 2 a lot. I own thousands of dollars of Dota 2 skins. And so the digital asset thing and ownership over digital assets is really important to me. And mm -hmm. as I learned that it's not how I thought it was, the ideas started to swirl in my head about what, what a really good NFT would be. Yeah, yeah, and you described this to me. Uh, so for everybody listening, Jim and I sat down and talked in New York at a conference, NFT NYC. And Jim has some strong opinions about the conference <laughs> that I really enjoyed reading uh, and following along with, with your blog posts and everything about the, the conference. But I was really intrigued by um, your, your way of explaining, you know, the difference in CryptoKitties versus, you know, what you're doing at Avastars. And yep. I think a lot of people very much when they see something like CryptoKitties, they have that same misconception that you just brought up. 
of the fact that image that's my theory and that's what I, that's the theory i've put out there for the last couple of years is that that my assumption is every is the default assumption right that people think that they have this thing on the chain and then they find out that they don't and then they're either embarrassed to talk about it that they don't realize it because for me i spent thousands of dollars on digital cats and then i realized at some point that these are actually hosted on CryptoKitties site and just to be clear like CryptoKitties is amazing they, they were the first ones to come across this they did the best they could at the time that they could think of like i had the benefit of two years or at least at least a year and a half to think about how to do it better right and i had an example to work off of they didn't have anything they just built it from scratch i'm sure in a year from now um people will have much better ways to build avastars than what we are are launching here uh, yep. so so i mean it's just a part of the evolution of everything but the difference is between CryptoKitties and avastars um is that they host their metadata and they host their images um the tokens themselves a crypto kitty token and a avastar token almost look identical on the blockchain um which may sound weird to say considering i'm saying how different they are but they're both essentially like they contain a hash a, a string of data that that tell that is basically their traits and that's represented in a, a unit 256 string um and uh they both look exactly the same what the difference is is our smart contracts actually have all of the base traits for our images stored on the smart contract and our it also has like the json for each of those traits stored on the contract and then we have some calls that we can make some read calls that we can make to our smart contracts that render either the avastar svg uh, code or can render the json uh, metadata for any cat or sorry for any avastar <laughs> um, so that is that and and that so that's the difference is that where you're relying on CryptoKitties to host the cat and the, and the metadata for the kitties, you're not relying on us at all. It is actually all on the blockchain and there's no other NFTs that are doing it this way with uh, today. Now, hopefully everyone starts doing it this way. That's the entire point. When I created Avastars, I didn't set out with the idea of Avastars first. What I, the idea was to put art on the blockchain and to put metadata on the blockchain. And then I had to come up with an idea to support that that made sense. Um, and that's why we ended up not building a game or anything like that. We just did a collectible because the point was to create a collectible that could live on as long as Ethereum does. Yeah. Yeah. And that and, was and some other people have put it like we're building like the thousand year API and things like that. It's like a pretty cool thing. We've got really, really, really durable NFT tokens. And that's part of for me, I feel like an NFT is the art and the metadata and the token and that's like a complete nft so like i just want to i want complete nfts as a collector i'm a user first and i want that for myself so i set out to build something that i would really want yeah yeah and we spoke about that about how avastars is designed to live as long as ethereum and i think that that is a i love that the thousand year api i think that, I know, me too. that's a very i didn't very make fun. it up i wish i could i wish you could take credit for that one that's really uh really i think it might have been dan at OpenSea that called it that nice nice yeah. so the the team right now um you we've talked a lot about how crypto kitties very much kind of helped you with the definition of NFTs and really formulate avastars in terms of having metadata on chain. 
is there a crossover from CryptoKitties, like the people maybe that are helping you on Avastar? Well, not a direct, not a direct crossover, but yes, absolutely. Like this all goes back to what I was saying about the community. So for one, like uh, one of the main advisors on on the project um, was a guy named Alan Carr, who is the one of the product leads um, for CryptoKitties. And him and I have debated for years about what an NFT should and could be. I mean, much of Avastars has come out of his and my debates that we've had, you know, that before Avastars was even a concept. Um, and so he definitely uh, provided a lot of uh, a lot of opinions um, on things, just like I provided opinions on CryptoKitties. But he had the benefit of being able to provide opinions while I was building it and not after it was built. So I could like talk to, to I, uh, you know, bring ideas to the surface to both him and other amazing advisors. Um, Nate Alex, who just did Chain Faces, was one of um, our key advisors in there. Alexo um, kind of came in near the end, but he did the math token and helped with that. Um, one of the really early people I brought in was a guy named Kai, um, who had actually decoded the CryptoKitties genetics um, when that, that first launched in December of 2017. He was like the OG guy. He actually like exited the scene after he did that shortly after and then came back, um, you know, in the middle of 2019 and I connected with him and uh, he was actually been an amazing advisor as well. Um, he forced the project to get a lot better uh, the art and everything else. I was more, cause I was more focused on the technology. I wasn't as worried about the art, but both him and Alan challenged me that the art had to be special. And so I had a bar that I had to reach and I had some stakeholders that I had to, felt like I needed to convince. Um, I also have an amazing group of friends like from the Cryptos Kitties community, about 20 guys that just, and, and, and a, um, a woman who just put up with me for six or nine months, just shilling the idea of on-chain art. Cause nobody really, I don't know how many people really bought into it at first, but once now that we have it out and people see what it is that I've been talking about, like it's just, it's resonating with everybody. I think I don't think I've heard anybody say like this was dumb or bad or a thing you shouldn't have wasted one hundred fifty thousand dollars building, which which is how much of my own money I spent building this. Mm -hmm. um, my team is myself and uh, Cliff Hall is my sole developer. Amazing dude, just like the best developer I've ever worked with. S tier developer. Uh, him and I go back and forth sometimes with X's. We're so damn passionate about this stuff. Um, I, I really, you know, wouldn't have it any other way. And then um, the artists for Gen 1 are Marmota and Milky, who are some Brazilian artists that I found um, that hadn't really ever worked with a US customer. They had no idea what blockchain even was. Um, but now they actually have some art on Known Origin and it's, they've been selling, they sold their first piece of art for like 3.5 ETH, like close to $1,000 um, on a collaboration with another Brazilian artist that is into crypto. And, and so that's been my team is I've got like some really great advisors and then, you know, Cliff and my artists. And now we're starting to expand just a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. In terms of the unit economics of everything, how many Avastars are there now? How many are you planning on minting in the future? What does that look like? Yep. So there's 200 today. A hundred of them are founders and a hundred are exclusives. Founders you can buy, exclusives you can't buy. You can only win them or have earned them by working on the project or as an advisor on the project or something like that. I didn't tell any of these guys they were going to get an Avastar exclusive. I just gave them to everybody when the time came. Um, I, I'm also keeping 10 of those exclusives for myself. Um, the project has 10 that are mascots. Uh, Cliff got 10 and Marmota and Milky got 10 and the rest of them are, are given away or given away in contests to, to advisors or contests. So um, you can't buy an exclusive. You can buy founders. There's about 
15, I think, left to be sold on OpenSea. We're almost all the way through. Um, they've been selling on average for about four and a half ETH, I think, um, more or less. Um, and uh, um, the next part will be in a few weeks, we're going to launch the scrolling part. And, and what that is, is users will basically go onto our website and they will see Avastars, just profile pictures of Avastars, and they'll scroll through them and just they can scroll forever and never buy one and just look at the pretty pictures of Avastars if they want. But if they find one they like, they can click on it and they can buy it. And the price will be determined by how rare that Avastar is relative to the other ones that they're scrolling through. And that is determined by how rare the traits that they have are. And a concentration of rare traits will give them a higher rarity score. And um, there's five levels of common, uncommon, rare, epic, and legendary. And if you if you make a common one, then it's going to be probably 0.07 or 0.06 ETH. It's not going to be a ton. Um, but if you find a legendary one that has all these awesome parts all together that you want, then that one might cost like 1.2 or 1.5 ETH to purchase. And the idea there is is that um, because you can just scroll through and find ones you like we had to figure out a way to preserve scarcity and rarity on some degree. So we had to make the rarer ones more expensive because we don't want most people to feel like that's something they want to buy. They don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars on a legendary one when they can actually just find the traits they want. They can even get legendary scoring traits into a common one for, you know, one twentieth or one thirtieth of the amount it would cost to do in a legendary. So you can be very economical and just buy the, the, least expensive uh, avastars, the common avastars, and get all of the amazing traits that you wanted. And then once there's going to be 25,000 of these that you scroll through and find, broken down into five series. And then once that fifth series caps, once we hit the 25,000 total, plus 200 for the ones that exist today, then we'll flip over to something called replicants. And what replicants are is you can take anywhere from two to five of your crimes and you can take traits from those and make a replicant. Um, so you'll be able to build your own avatar the way you want it to do. So the idea is you can kind of collect the trait parts you want um, on the, or the trait copies that you want in the primes while you're scrolling. And then you'll be able to build the ones that you that exactly how you want it to look um, once replicants turns on. Or you can you know, save up those parts and try to sell them on the second market or save up those avatars and try to sell them on the second market if they have parts that you know, we think the, the second market would want and desire. The, the other thing is, is no two Avastars can ever be the same. Uh, they're genetically unique. So that's why you can't just take one Avastar and clone it into a replicant. You need at least two because you have to flip out some traits. So um, that's the general premise. And then what we've done is the smart contract actually has the ability to do four more of these runs where you would have, uh, you know, 25,000 and then you'd have the replicants, 25,000 and then the replicants, 25,000 replicants. Um, the replicants can, there can only ever be as many replicants as there are primes because those trait parts only can be used once. So if you use a part, it's used, it can't be used ever again. So there's no way to go over the 25,000 replicants in any generation. So each, there's gonna be five generations. This is gen one that we're gonna be doing now. And then any future generations will be completely separate collections. You can't cross breed or anything like that. They're gonna be different artists, um, different art, maybe not even humans, probably not humans, maybe not even beings at a certain point. I mean, I'm actually gonna leave it up to the artists what they wanna do with this platform. So 
that's the general premise of, of what Avastar's Gen 1 and through 5 are going to be. Awesome. Awesome. So I definitely wanted to have the last question be, because you're very, have strong opinions in the space. And I look at you as definitely one of the thought leaders in the space that people should listen to in terms of where things are going, given the innovation that you've done on Avastar's and moving the space forward. So what are you excited about outside of Avastar's? Obviously I'm excited about that. A lot of people are excited about that, but in general for newcomers, to NFTs in general, what are you excited about and what do you think people should be following? Well, so one, I am excited. So just one more thing about Avastar. I'm excited because I think that what we've done with the metadata here, the on-chain metadata, I think we can actually retroactively apply that to a lot of projects that already exist. They can deploy a smart contract that basically replaces their JSON API. If they have their traits hash, if they have that hash, something they can decode that's stored on the blockchain in their in their metadata, and not all projects have that, but the ones that do, they can actually retroactively create this on-chain metadata so we no longer have to trust them. They can't do that with the images probably, but they can do that with the metadata, and that's cool. And I'm actually excited to see what projects start to adopt that. And I and I can tell you a lot of people, a lot of projects are reaching out to me right now and trying to understand from Cliff and I how we did it and what we did so that they can incorporate it. So it's happening. Exactly what I wanted to happen is happening. So I'm really excited about what we're going to start seeing now. But there is a project that I have been really excited about, and I think it's actually launching today. They had a dry run yesterday and a testing phase yesterday, but they're getting ready to launch it today on well, today when we're talking Wednesday, um, the 25th or 6th. Anyways, uh, Async Art. It's async.art, I think. Um, it is a project by Conlin and NoShot, and they've actually got the top artists in this um, industry right now, the, the best crypto artists, uh, Josie, Coldy, Xcopy. Uh, I've just named three, but there's literally Connie Digital, like everybody that many of the top artists are working on it. And what it is is they've created programmable art is what they're calling it and they have like this scene it's like the it's called the first supper instead of the last supper it's a it's a a derivative on the the last supper by uh da vinci and uh each artist actually has taken and designed a different part of that um of that scene and then they've also done alternate versions of their art on that scene and what happens is one person can own this masterpiece that one piece but then they have like 20 in this one piece I'm talking about, they have like 20 components and other people can own those components. And the people who own those components can decide which version to show of that art at any given time on the masterpiece. So the owner of the masterpiece doesn't control what it looks like. All the individual owners of those layers actually control that. And it's just cool because this is innovative and this is something new that we couldn't do before that now is possible because of NFTs and because of this crazy NFT land and these ideas that are just like out there, like everybody's just coming up with these crazy ideas. And, and that's what I want to see more of is like new ideas, not just someone else making CryptoKitties, their own version of CryptoKitties or another yeah. NFT project, actually making new things. And that's so Async Arc's really exciting. There's a bunch of other really cool projects that, you know, I, but that's the main one right now. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Well, Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jim. Everyone that's watching and listening in, all the links will be in the description below to not only Avastars, but Async. I think that's really awesome. I'm gonna look more into that. Uh, But thanks so much again for coming on, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. Really appreciate it, enjoyed it. Yeah. Take care.